Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today, we're going to be trekking through small towns in rural areas all around the country. These stories were sent in by viewers just like you, and if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to send in your stories at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Now, before we jump into these stories, be sure to hit that like button with all of your might. Be sure to subscribe if you're new, turn on notifications so you don't miss a new episode as I upload multiple videos a week, and get ready for these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. A Weird Childhood Encounter by Callie M. Just a disclaimer, I don't really believe in the supernatural. I am a very scientifically minded and driven person, and despite having had many unexplainable experiences, I am not really one to jump to ghosts or monsters. That being said, when there is something that I cannot explain, I just have to respond with, I guess I just don't know the answer this time, but I would like to know more. I'm letting you know now that I am open to ideas or any explanations in the comments. This story takes place in a small town in Indiana. I grew up there, but now I live in New Mexico. I have had quite a few experiences in Indiana, but never anything in New Mexico currently. I was also reasonably young when all of this took place. To give a bit of backstory, I was about eight years old when this first story took place. So, this would be around 2007. My parents are divorced, my mom lived in New Mexico with my little brother, and I lived in Indiana with my father. At this point in his life, my dad drank often and he would usually get angry and violent when alcohol was involved. He never hit me or anything like that, but there were bouts of verbal abuse directed at me and my stepsister, and my dad's girlfriend. There were a couple of instances where their alcohol-fueled fights got kind of physical as well. The point of mentioning this is that I was already under stress. I was young, and this was most likely affecting me mentally. We recently moved to a new house on the main street during this time. This town was absolutely decrepit. It was a booming city in the early 1900s, thriving in coal and natural gas production. However, now that those resources have all dried up, this town has a population of around 10,000, is barely surviving off of one company that employs a majority of the town's able-bodied population, and honestly the house that we moved into was probably older than 200 years old. It was a huge house, and even at the age that it was, I remember wondering how my dad could even afford it, given that we were generally pretty poor. It was two stories, had a huge backyard, even had a pond in the back, which seemed strange for a place on the main street. I mentioned that this house was old because very little work had been done to it over the years. The house creaked and moaned with old bones. It was very noticeably old and definitely sound like it might come crashing down at any second. One Saturday night, I ended up finding myself home alone. My dad was in a garage band, and every Saturday, he and his girlfriend would leave at around 6 p.m. and stay out playing and drinking until very early in the morning. On this particular night, my stepsister just so happened to be staying at a friend's house. Therefore, 
the only living things in that house from 6 p.m. to about 3 or 4 a.m. were my cat and myself. I remember being in the living room watching cartoons on Cartoon Network. I was watching a new show at the time called The Misadventures of Flapjack and I absolutely loved it. I was already creeped out by the house and cartoons made me feel just a little bit better. However, I decided to go to bed at around 8.30 or 9, whenever Cartoon Network turns into that Adult Swim stuff. As I reached for the remote to turn off the TV, I heard audible footsteps coming down the stairs. I recognized it spooking me, but I wasn't incredibly terrified because strange things always happen to me in this house. I looked to my left to see the cat sitting on the couch with me. Therefore, I knew it wasn't him walking down the old, noisy steps, mimicking the sound of a human. Although I wasn't necessarily frightened at this point, it was enough to make me stay up and watch some more shows on Adult Swim. About an hour later, I was finally tired enough to force myself upstairs. My bedroom was a square. On the wall opposite the door, there was a window to the center of the wall, and I had a TV on a dresser to the right of it. My bed was centered on the right wall, perpendicular to the window. Opposite the bed wall to the left was a closet, and to the right of that was a green love seat. Now, this closet was very old. The doorknob must have been broken because the door would not remain closed. To make things worse, in the very back of the closet directly facing my bed was a crawlspace. This crawlspace had a piece of styrofoam over it, taped only on the bottom. So when the heat or AC came on, it would cause the styrofoam piece to flap down. I never ended up removing it because I feared entering that closet for some reason. Anyway, because the closet door was always open, and because of the position of my bed, I was almost always constantly staring at this dark hole at the back of my closet. Usually, it didn't bother me, but this night in particular, being home alone, it did. I decided to combat this by closing the closet door and pushing the green love seat in front of it so it couldn't swing open again. I went to sleep after this. That night, I had what I think was a dream. I remember having this slightly out-of-body experience. It was like my eyes were positioned right above my head, and I was looking down at my body, while a female hand slowly and calmly made its way down the left side of my torso. I woke up in the morning to something that should have been terrifying, but I feel like if this had happened outside of a dream state, I would have reacted far worse. My sheets and blanket were ripped off my bed and balled up in a pile on the floor in front of me. The green love seat had been moved out from in front of the closet and was now crookedly placed between the right side of the room. As if someone had grabbed the left side, swung it away, and then got out of the closet. The closet door was wide open, and the styrofoam piece on the crawl space had been ripped off. Now, I remember having noticed a pain on the left side of my body, but I never inspected it or gave it any thought because I was more concerned about the state of my room. Later that day, I finally looked at it because I noticed a stinging feeling. I looked down, and I really needed clarification. There were three distinct scratches down my left side of my torso, and at that moment, I remembered my dream. I hid the story from my dad and never told him my experience, because I didn't want to be ridiculed and sent away. I'm open to criticism and thoughts. I would love to know what other th I would love to know what others think may be going on. My theory is that at the time, due to my young age, I may have been suffering mentally from everything going on in my life, and I may have, without reason, invited something negative into my life.
My Bizarre Experience by Stanley. I live in a small community in Northern California with my family and a few neighbors nearby. One morning, about two years ago during fall, my dad had gone outside in the morning and noticed someone's bare footprints on the steps in the frost. At first, we thought some thief of the trailer park had come up a few miles down the road and was looking for something easy to steal, but nothing was seemingly missing. My dad put up a trail camera on one of the garden fence posts facing the front door and the steps. We checked the camera three days later, and there were many pictures of our dog and people coming in and out, but one picture in particular had a shadowy black figure that looked like a pair of human legs a torso, and part of a chest and arm. It was strange, and my dad and I somewhat believed in ghosts, but we had never actually seen anything. My dad had some paranormal experiences allegedly when he was younger, but we were both intrigued and slightly uncomfortable as whatever it was was so close to our home. We put the camera back up and checked again a couple of days later, and sure enough, there was another picture of a shadowy figure that looked just the same except this time we could see one with the feet clearly more prominent. It looked like it was barefoot. In this picture, our dog was also standing on the porch, staring right at the figure. We put the camera back up and left it for a week, but never saw the other pictures or any other figures with that picture in it. We did find strange footprints here and there, and it was a bizarre occurrence overall. But that's it. That's about the scariest thing that's ever happened to us in our small community here. Haunted Gas Station by Leia116 I once worked at a gas station in my town. It differed from what you see today, where they have entire delis, row after row of snacks, or anything like that. This place was old as dirt, and if we had five customers inside at once, it would be packed wall to wall. I always had to work the overnight shift there which meant watching whatever channels the antenna could pick up at the late hour that our tiny little box would work. Usually, I would sit on the corner, smoking cigarettes behind the counter. Yeah, we could do that back then. My boss had an ancient desktop computer set up in the back room for our truck rental business that we ran off the property, and I would like to sneak back there to check my MySpace and a few other sites. I could always hear the bell when a customer came in, and I had direct line of sight to the front of the store from the desk, so it wasn't really an issue. I was even allowed to take my dog with me every once in a while. He was a little corgi. I would often hear noises in the back, but I always chalked it up to my imagination, because it was late at night, and I was sure I was overtired. Well, that changed when I began to bring my dog with me. I would get him right in the back while I surfed the web and he would always lie down facing away from me. It didn't take him more than a few minutes each night to begin perking his ears up and roughing under his breath long before I started to hear anything. Once there were noises I could make out, he would be standing at attention by that point, gazing fixedly into whatever seemed to be thin air. The problem with taking my dog with me was that I would have him walk, and since I felt uncomfortable about going out of the store at night, I only took him a few times. One of the many times he wasn't with me, I was sitting at the computer, and I heard the bell at the front door jingle. When I looked up, I saw what looked like a guy walking in, and I immediately got up to go help them. 
I stepped into the booth and saw him in the corner at the end of my encounter. My view was obstructed by the small TV in the corner and a rather large scratch-off ticket display, so while I could see the arm and shoulder of his black jacket, I couldn't quite see anything more than that. I broke out into a friendly smile and said, Hello, can I help you find anything? This was partly because I'm a genuinely pleasant person and partly because many of our customers tried to steal the Slim Jims and 5-hour energy bottles kept there. I had been asking the owner for months to move them, but he never bothered. As soon as I was done speaking, the man turned to me and my heart dropped. On his right temple, the one that was furthest away from me, was a bullet hole and blood coming out of it, running down his face in a thick, almost black line. I remember gripping the counter and my eyes filling with horror because there was no way this man should have still been standing with something like that going on. I remember his eyes were just filled with sadness and exhaustion. He just left as I was stuttering and reaching for the phone to call 911. He dissipated right in front of me. One minute he was there, the next he was just gone. I tried for the longest time to tell myself I must have fallen asleep somehow and dreamt it, but I, I, I don't know. After a few weeks, I mentioned it vaguely to my coworker who relieved me each morning. I didn't want to sound insane, so I asked if she had ever noticed anything weird. That's when she blurted out that calling cards and gift cards often dropped randomly from the display in the corner, and she would hear what sounds like someone walking around when no one was in the store. I finally broke down and told her what I saw, and she laughed and said, It makes sense and went on to inform me about a murder that happened a few decades prior. Apparently, a man pulled up to get gas and another man saw him from the street and thought he was someone who owed him money. He peeled into the parking lot and shot him point blank before he could even make it inside to get his gas. He was caught and convicted eventually, but she can't remember any names. She thought the gentleman I saw would probably be the spirit of the person who was shot, and I guess it all makes sense. So my name is Colton, and I'm a regular guy from a regular small town, and I'm a family man. The year is March of 2020. The entire nation was going through a very unusual, odd, and what could be characterized as downright scary time. I doubt that I need to go into what I'm talking about. I will just say that the word lockdown is no longer a term used just for prisons, even though that's kind of what it felt like at times. My story starts maybe 10 days into the initial lockdown. Let me start by saying that I live in a very conservative state. We have very few restrictions on firearms or your ability to use them. Our state has what is commonly referred to as the Castle Doctrine, which in a nutshell means if you are on my property and I deem you as a threat, I am within my rights to use deadly force to protect myself, my family, or my property. I will also mention that we have one of the lowest violent crime percentages in the nation, which is why I choose to raise my family here. The reason that I note that before anything else is to impress you on the feeling of safety I have felt here my entire life. Not being safe in my home, or even my own town, has never crossed my mind. That is, until about three weeks ago. So it was a Friday night. I would say that it was any normal Friday night. But that was not the case. After 9pm there is nothing, and I mean nothing. Not a car, not a bike, not a person. Heck, no noise at all. It's like The Walking Dead minus the zombies. 
This night we had broken out the board games and Clue was the decided upon game. About 25 minutes into the game, my 16-year-old son bumps my shoulder and asked, Hey Pop, did you hear that? I replied, Hear what, son? He said that he heard something like a tapping sound. But between me, him, and his two sisters and mom, there was quite a bit of talking and laughing going on. Our house is two stories. The family area is in the basement level, which is where we were. Upstairs is the front door and the entry of three bedrooms. Maybe five minutes later, I hear the same sound that my son was talking about. He says, See dad, look, there it is again. I told him that this time I heard it too, and that I would go up and have a look. I went up the stairs and started towards the front door when I heard a very loud knock. It was like a pounding more than anything. It was coming from the front door, so I decided to go check it out. I stopped in my tracks for a few seconds as I noticed the upstairs lights are off and it is quite dark even though I know I left them on before I went downstairs. I decided to peek through my blinds to see who was there. My front porch light was tripped, so I knew something had to be there, but I could see absolutely nothing. I do have a security system that has a front door camera, so I retreated downstairs and grabbed my tablet to have a look at what triggered my light and pounded my door. I went back 10 minutes to about the time my son heard the first noise, fully expecting to see some kids messing around. The light came on and the camera recorded the tapping sound, but there was absolutely nothing visually there. The light goes off after 60 seconds of no movement. A few minutes later, the light again comes on and the system again recorded the tapping, but still, there was nothing there. Three minutes later, the system is once again activated, and this time the pounding is happening again and again. But there is again nothing visually there to clue me in as to what is happening. I thought maybe there was an issue with the video, so I activated all six cameras and ran a diagnostic. Everything was seemingly running perfect. My son asked me if he could try something. I said sure and handed the tablet over. He reminded me that these cameras do have a night vision capability. He rewound the video and then he put on the night vision setting. Two seconds before the light came on, the camera caught a disturbing image. It was a shape that was kind of transparent and moved without touching the ground as if it was floating. It moved very quickly and very suddenly. It covered my 50 foot front walkway in about two seconds. My son asked me, seriously dad, what is that? I told him I had no idea and took the tablet from him and started forwarding it to see the second tapping noise. Now once the light comes on, the night vision feature no longer works, but the light goes off, the feature works again automatically. As I'm forwarding the video, the light goes off, and to my amazement, the thing is still there at the door. It is standing still. Then after three minutes or so, the light trips on and you hear the tapping once again, but nothing appears on the camera. After 60 seconds pass, the light goes off, and sure enough, whatever it is is still there. Again, it is still as a statue. Another four minutes go by and the light comes on and the pounding is heard once more. I waited the 60 seconds and when the light goes off the thing is not there anymore. I then activate all six cameras on the live feed and pin on the night vision setting. I almost dropped the tab. There in the backyard looking through a window is that thing. By this time my whole family are looking at the screen when all of us realize that the window this thing was looking through was right in front of us. The girls were agitated and scared, and I'm going to be honest, I was a bit worried too. I've never experienced or seen anything like this outside of a horror movie. 
I gave the tablet to my son and told him to keep an eye on it and let me know if that thing moves. I went to the closet, grabbed my Benelli 12-gauge shotgun, and headed to the back door with my son close behind. I asked, Is it still there, son? He replied, Yeah. I told him to disengage the auto feature on the security light so that when I opened the door, the lights wouldn't come on. I quickly opened the door, stepped outside, and looked out the left of my window. My son said, Dad, it's looking at you. I yelled, Who are you, and what do you want? It's moving toward us, Dad. Now I'm not crazy. When I realized I couldn't see this thing with my own eyes, I'm not going to fire my weapon indiscriminately with no visible target. I stepped back inside and closed and locked the door. It's at the door, he said. My wife is now down the hall asking what in the hell is going on. All I could say is that I had no clue. Then once again, there was tapping on the door. At this point, all I could do was muster a very weak and probably not very intimidating, you are trespassing, leave now. Then the automatic security lights come on, all of them. I whispered to my son, I thought you turned those off. He replied that he did and that the setting was still off, yet all of them stayed on for quite a few minutes. When the lights finally turned off, the thing was no longer at the door, none of the cameras could see it, and it was apparently gone. All five of us stayed up all night watching the cameras. Once the sun came up and my girls went to sleep on the couch, the rest of us couldn't manage to do the same. We just sat there, talking and wondering, re-watching that same 25 minutes of video feed over and over. Some background information before I get started. There is a small town called Alfreda, a little way past Tombstone in Arizona. My grandparents own many acres of land there. They harvest pecans and own about a dozen cows. This land used to be inhabited by Native American Indians. My best friend and I love to go out and find arrowheads, small bottles, and other cool things of this kind. When I was about 15 or so, we went to visit my grandparents. My mom, my stepdad, my three younger siblings, and my best friend Lauren. We got there, said hello, and then everyone went off to do their own thing. Lauren and I decided to go up the mountain and explore some of the old caves that were there. We went up to our usual way and started looking at the holes the Indians used to use for grinding food. There were also exquisite cave paintings. We had only been up there for about 30 minutes or so before we began to feel incredibly uneasy. I felt queasy in my stomach and started to feel like I was being watched. At one point I felt like I was going to start dry heaving for some reason. We decided to leave right then and there and began walking down to where we parked our four-wheeler. We were almost there when we heard what sounded like a rock fall off one of the larger ridges above us. We totally freaked out and ran down to the vehicle and sped off as fast as we could. I don't think I've ever ran that fast in my life. I do listen to a lot of scary stories, so I immediately started thinking, and maybe overthinking, that this was some sort of skimwalker or some sort of cryptid chasing us. Lauren did manage to calm me down saying it was probably just a mountain lion or something like that. We got home and decided not to tell my parents and just move on. But later that evening, my family all decided to go to the lake. The lake was only about a mile and a half away, maybe two miles from the house at most. You follow a trail that has an orchard on one side and the cow pasture on the other. And once you get about halfway, you must get out and open a gate. So the rest of the trail you're riding in the cow pasture. 
but on your left side, you're riding up along this fence, and on the other side is just unkept Arizona wilderness. My family left a little before me, but they left me the keys to the other four-wheeler. I left on my own and started to drive. The first half went without incident. However, once I got to open the gate, I heard what sounded like one of our cows. But it wasn't on the right side of the fence. It was on the left side of the fence. There was something off about it, though. It sounded more robotic-like, I guess. I just listened, and the sound eventually distorted into, like, a scream. This startled me. I threw the gate open and quickly drove through. I had to get out of there, but I also had to get off the thing again and shut the gate. When I did this, I heard that god-awful scream again. It sounded like it was only a few feet away from me this time. I got the fence gate shut. I turned to the fence where I heard the noise, and what I saw scared the absolute life out of me. It was this coyote standing on the other side of the fence, but it wasn't normal. It's like its lips were missing and exposing these incredibly unnaturally sharp teeth. They were jagged and almost misplaced looking. His bones were sticking out of the skin and looked barely draped over its body. Its eyes were pure yellow as if they were glowing. I stumbled backward and booked it to my vehicle as fast as I could. The thing jumped at the fence making the most terrifying screech I have ever heard in my life. Its bones cracked when it moved and this horrible smell filled the air, like rotting flesh and rusted metal. I sped to the lake where my family was sitting, laughing, talking, and just overall enjoying their time. I walked over and took a seat next to my best friend. She immediately knew something was wrong with me. I didn't tell her about what I saw until we were driving back to the farmhouse together. She seemed to believe me. I was so shaken by this that I couldn't sleep at all that night. We left in the morning, and after a few days, I eventually calmed down and felt fine again. I still don't know how I got over it that quickly. It all seemed so unreal in a way, like the feeling you get after you realize a nightmare was only a nightmare. But I know it was real, and I'm just unaffected by it, I believe. I don't know. Sometimes I think that this may have been a skimwalker. But I'm not entirely sure. After some research, I did find out that this area was previously Indian territory. This was the first time I've ever seen one myself, but it was most definitely not the last. I think this thing is hooked on me now. I don't think it's exactly following me, but I do think I've been running into it very often. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you enjoyed all of these stories tonight, be sure to slap that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this video gets, the more YouTube promotes it to fresh new eyes, and that helps the swamp grow its ever-expanding waters. If you're new to the swamp and haven't joined us yet, why not subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss a new upload? I upload videos multiple times a week on all things natural and supernatural, and I'd love to see you here. Down in the comments below, I would love to know what story was your favorite tonight. It helps me pick better stories in the future, and I love reading your reviews. 
If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free. From Spotify, Apple Podcast, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you made it all the way to the end, I'd love to see you commenting the code word, Shining Diner. It's fun to confuse people who don't make it to the end. I love seeing your funny comments. The funniest comment using Shining Diner will be pinned at the top of the comment section per usual. Thank you guys so much for supporting the swamp the way you do. I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.